Chapter Twenty of Elsie's Widowhood by Martha Finley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sweet Pea. Chapter Twenty. A little more than kin, and a little less than kind. Shakespeare. Our little party had scarcely seated themselves in the parlor, where a number of guests of the house were already gathered, when the invalid gentleman was assisted in by his servant, and took possession of an easy chair, which Miss Perkins hastened to offer him. He thanked her courteously as he sank back in it with a slight sigh as of one in pain. Violet, close at his side, regarded him with pitying eyes. "'I fear you suffer a great deal, sir,' she said, low and feelingly, when Mary, her next neighbor, had introduced them. "'Yes, a good deal, but less than when I came.' "'Then the sea air is doing you good, I hope.' "'I'm thankful to say I think it is. There's an increase of pain to it, but that is always to be expected in rainy weather.' "'You are very patient, Mr. Moses,' Mary remarked. "'And why shouldn't I be patient?' he returned. "'Didn't Christ suffer far more than I do?' "'And he comforts you in the midst of it all, does he not?' asked Mrs. Perkins. "'He does indeed, ma'am.' "'I have always found him faithful to his promises,' she said. "'And I,' remarked another lady sitting there, "'strength has always been given me according to my day, in the past, "'and I am glad to leave the future with him.' "'Humph!' plain to be seen that you two don't know what trouble is put in mrs moses glancing fretfully at her crippled spouse whereat the poor man burst into tears vi's tender heart ached for him and countenances of all within hearing of the remark expressed sincere pity and sympathy a child began drumming on the piano and mr moses sent a helpless half-despairing glance in that direction that spoke of tortured nerves vi saw it and as he turned to her with don't you play and sing my dear you look like it and i should be much gratified to hear you she rose and went at once to the instrument thinking of nothing but trying to bring help and comfort to the poor sufferer will you let me play a little she said to the child with a look and tone of winning weakness and the piano stool was promptly vacated seating herself she touched a few chords and instantly a hush fell upon the room she played a short prelude, then, in a voice full, rich, and sweet, she sang, O Jesus, friend unfailing, how dear art thou to me, and cares or fears assailing, I find my rest in thee. Why should my feet grow weary? of this my pilgrim way rough though the path and dreary it ends in perfect day not not i count as treasure compared o christ with thee thy sorrow without measure and peace and joy for me i love to own lord jesus thy claims o'er me and mine bought with thy blood most precious whose can i be but thine for every tribulation for every sore distress 
In Christ I full salvation, sure help and quiet rest. No fear of foes prevailing, I triumph, Lord, in Thee. O Jesus, friend unfailing, how dear art Thou to me. Author's note. I know not who is the author of these beautiful lines. End author's note. Edward had made his way to her side as soon as he perceived her purpose. You have left out half, he whispered, leaning over her, and the words are all so sweet. Yes, I know, but I feared it was too long. There were murmurs of admiration as he led her back to her seat. How well she plays! Such an exquisite touch! What a sweet voice! highly cultivated and every word distinct yes and what a beauty she is some of these remarks reached violet's ears and deepened the colour on her cheek but she forgot them all in the delight of having given pleasure to the invalid he thanked her with tears in his eyes the words are very sweet and comforting he said are they your own oh no sir she answered i do not know whose they are but i have found comfort in them and hoped that you might also Edward and Mary were conversing in low, earnest tones. "'I am delighted,' Mary said. "'With what?' "'Words, music, voice, everything. "'The music is her own, composed expressly for words which she found in a religious newspaper. "'Indeed! She is a genius, then. The tune is lovely.' "'Yes, she is thought to have a decided genius for both music and painting. "'I must show you some of her pictures when you pay us that promised visit.' Mr. Moses presently found himself in too much pain to remain where he was, and, summoning his servant, retired to his own room. His wife, paying no regard to a wistful, longing look he gave her as he moved painfully away, remained where she was and entertained the other ladies with an account of the family pedigree. "'We are lineal descendants of Moses, the Hebrew lawgiver,' she announced. "'But don't suppose we are Jews, for we are not at all.' belong to the lost ten tribes i suppose remarked charles perrine dryly the morning sun shone brightly in a clear sky and on leaving the breakfast-table our little party went down to the beach and sat in the sand watching the incoming tide before which they were now and then obliged to retreat sometimes in scrambling haste that gave occasion for much mirth and laughter mrs moses came down presently and joined them an uninvited and not over-welcome companion but of course the beach was as free to her as to them. "'How's your husband this morning?' inquired Mrs. Perkins. "'Oh, about as usual. I do believe it would do him good to sit here a while with us, sunning himself. Too damp. No, the dampness here is from the salt water, and will harm nobody.' "'Where is he?' asked Fred, getting on his feet. "'On the porch yonder,' the wife answered, in a tone of indifference. "'Come, boys, let's go and bring him,' said Fred and at the word the other two rose with alacrity, and all three hurried to the house. They found the poor gentleman sitting alone, save for the presence of the uncouth servant, standing in silence at the back of his chair, and watching with wistful longing eyes the merry groups moving hither and thither, to and fro, between the houses and the ocean, some going down to bathe, others coming dripping from the water, some sporting among the waves, and others still, like our own party, sunning themselves on the beach. "'We have come to ask you to join us, sir,' Fred said, in respectful but hearty tones. "'Won't you let us help you down to the beach? The ladies are anxious to have you there.' 
The poor man's face lighted up with pleased surprise, then clouded slightly. "'I should like to go indeed,' he said, "'if I could do so without troubling others. "'But that is impossible.' "'We should not feel it any trouble, sir,' the lads returned, "'but a pleasure, rather, if you will let us help you there. "'I ought not to ask it of you. "'Jacob here can give me an arm.' "'No,' said Edward. "'Let Jacob take this opportunity for a bath, "'and we will fill his place in waiting upon you.' "'The invalid yielded and found himself moved with far more ease and comfort than he had believed possible. The ladies, his wife, perhaps, excepted, greeted him with smiles and pleasant words of welcome. They had arranged a couch with their waterproofs and shawls, far enough from the water's edge to be secure from the waves, and here the lads laid him down with gentle carefulness. Mrs. Perkins seated herself at his head and shaded his face from the sun with her umbrella, while the others grouped themselves about near enough to carry on a somewhat disjointed conversation in spite of the noise of the waters. "'I think a sun-bath will really be good for you, Mr. Moses,' said Miss Keith. "'It's worth trying, anyhow,' he answered with a patient smile, "'and it's a real treat to do so in such pleasant company. But don't any of you lose your bath for me. I've seen a number go in, and I suppose this is about the best time.' "'Just as the ladies say,' was the gallant rejoinder of the young men. "'I do not care to bathe to-day,' Violet said with decision. "'The rest of you may go, and I will stay and take care of Mr. Moses.' "'Well, I'll go, then. He'll not be wanting anything,' said his wife. "'Ain't the rest of you coming, ladies and gentlemen?' After some discussion all went but Mrs. Perkins and Violet, and they were left alone with the invalid. Vi had conceived a great pity for him, great disgust for the selfish and sympathizing wife. "'How different from Mamma," she said to herself. She would never have wearied of waiting upon Papa if he had been so afflicted. She would have wanted to be beside him, comforting him every moment. And how sweetly it would have been done! Little lady, the old man said, with a longing look into the sweet girlish face, will you sing me that song again? It was the most delightful, consoling thing I've heard for many a day. Yes, indeed, sir. I would do anything in my power to help you forget your pain, she said, coloring with pleasure. She sang the whole of the one he had asked for, then, perceiving how greatly he enjoyed it, several others of like character. He listened intently, sometimes with tears in his eyes, and thanking her warmly again and again. Finding that the old gentleman felt brighter and more free from pain during the rest of the day, and thought he had received benefit from his visit to the beach, the lads helped him there again the next day. They set him down, then wandered away, leaving him in the care of the same group of ladies who had gathered round him the day before. Each one was anxious to do something for his relief or entertainment, and he seemed both pleased with their society and grateful for their attentions. Mrs. Perkins suggested that the lame hand might be benefited by burying it in the sand while he sat there. "'No harm in trying it, anyhow,' he said. "'Just turn me round a little bit, Maria, if you please.' His wife complied promptly with the request, but in a way which the other ladies thought rough and unfeeling, seizing him by the collar of his coat and jerking him round to the desired position. But he made no complaint. "'I think it does ease the pain,' he said after a little. "'I'm only sorry I can't try it every day for a while.' "'What is there to hinder?' asked Mrs. Perkins. "'Why, we're going tomorrow,' replied Mrs. Moses shortly. "'Oh, why not stay longer? You have been here but a week, and Mr. Moses has improved quite a good deal in that time.' "'Well, he can stay as long as he chooses, but I'm going to New York tomorrow to visit my sister.' 
The ladies urged her to stay for her poor husband's sake, but she was not persuaded, and he was unwilling to remain without her. "'Take some sand with you, then, to bury his hand in, won't you?' said Mrs. Perkins. "'I haven't anything to carry it in,' was the ungracious reply. "'Those newspapers. I want to read them. "'Well, if we find something to put it in and get it all ready for you, will you take it in your trunk?' "'Yes, I'll do that. "'I have a good-sized paper box which will answer the purpose, I think,' said Mary Keith. "'I'll get it.' She hastened to the house, returned again in a few moments with the box, and they proceeded to fill it, sifting the sand carefully through their fingers to remove every pebble. "'You are taking a great deal of trouble for me, ladies,' the old gentleman remarked. "'No trouble at all, sir,' said Mary. "'It's a real pleasure to do anything we can for you, especially remembering the master's words. Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of my brethren, you have done it unto me.'" End of chapter 20